Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang. Welcome to Finding Certainty. If you're a frequent listener, we appreciate your patronage. And if you've just stumbled across us here on your Friday morning, we're glad you're here and confident you'll be glad that you came upon us. Very uh, very pleased to have a special guest today, Mr. Jay Levin. Jay is a, an accomplished entrepreneur. He's, he was the founder of LA Weekly, which went on to become the most successful urban newspaper in the country if i'm not mistaken jay and we're going to get into your story with that mm-hmm. but that is my understanding that is quite the accomplishment and he now runs or oversees and uh, spearheads an extraordinary organization named equiporkids.org um, basically jay took the lessons he learned over the years about emotional intelligence and is now helping our kids and our youth learn those lessons which are so important so we're going to talk about that today as well jay thanks for being here really appreciate you making the time to be on finding certainty well thank you and i'm super glad to be here and have a chance to chat with you well it's our it's our pleasure and it's our honor thanks Mm -hmm. for uh Thanks for not only being on the show, but more importantly, thanks for what you're doing for our community and for our kids. You know, I'm a father of five. I have three boys, two girls, and and I know how important emotional intelligence is in our children. I think it's our it's the future of our communities and our society in a very real sense. If we can't learn those skills, we're in big trouble. And um, we'll uh, get into why that is today. But I, I always start out my show with a uh, couple of reasons why I've invited this specific guest to join us. And in Jay's case, he is a phenomenal example of a an accomplished businessman or entrepreneur, a leader in, in business. And uh, I think there's some lessons we can learn from him in that respect. But as I said, he's taken his experience and his insights and lessons that he's learned, and now he's putting them to good. And I think that's a transition or a an evolution that we all need to go through. We all need to get to a point where we're using what we've learned to try to pay it forward and not just making income, but actually making a difference. And anyone who's done that and is doing that comes to find that that's one of the greatest secrets to certainty. It's where you, you're doing more than just taking, but you're giving. You're doing more than just building, but you're, you are empowering and helping and serving and that's where true not just certainty but also true joy comes from so so jay let's let's jump into your story if you don't mind i know you grew up on the east coast you're a new york boy originally right queens and uh was it brooklyn uh washington heights upper manhattan which is upper manhattan and then okay yes yeah and uh Tell us a little bit about your, maybe your background, your upbringing. What kind of family did you grow up in? And who uh, made, you know, what made Jay Levin who Jay Levin is? <laughs> well, I mean, it was a kind of typical semi, uh, semi-dysfunctional family. 
<laughs> like like all of ours, right? like, like most of ours, yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, you know, my mother in particular had an alcoholic father who was very difficult, mm. and all the all the kids paid a price for that. Um, and in her case, it was you know um, ways of affecting her children, including me, sure. her, because of her pain. But the key, the key that that stuck with me in life is, um, and became a signature piece for my my consciousness, was my parents really loved each other. I mean, deeply. Um, they just didn't know how to get through the day, day and day, every day, day in, day in, day out, without quibbling, without you know, sometimes like kids. Um, so there was a lot of emotional stuff coming up that they did not know how to manage. Um, and emotional stuff comes from, you know, a num number of ways you, you develop it in childhood. But when, when you know, like when your true needs are being met, as my mother's certainly weren't, uh, very abusive father, alcoholic father. And, um, and the, um, and what I saw was uh, very young was under, figured out very young was uh, from you know stepping out in the world a little bit. It doesn't have to be this way. That there's a there's, this is a skill set is that they don't, don't really really do not know how they're basically maltrained by history by the way the model parenting by the way well, and I mean later when I took massive courses in psychology. You know, I learned the gen how it's passed generation to generation, these behavior patterns, these modes of thinking, these ways of controlling each other. Most definitely. Yeah. So, you know, it makes the point is that at least young kids um, falling back very early on, on on kind of automatic coping mechanisms that just come out of their emotional bodies, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we all have them. We all have them at some point, depending on the, you know, the exceptional awareness and quality of how your parents are raising you. But the, the qualities tend to be, you know, a tendency to rebel, fight, get have temper tantrums because you don't know how to any control your emotions. Um, so that you know, it's at least fights, um, or like in my case, because of my mother's temper. Um, avoid flight so right. you get into it becomes a habit and tension comes up later on in relationships you're like i'm out of here fast you don't you don't feel you have the skills to deal with it you feel threatened emotionally it's so uh, true another can, I inter can i interject one thing the, yeah go uh, for it yeah i've been reading a book again I've, it's one of my favorite books and it's and it's it's he goes into exactly what you're talking about. It's a book called Real Love by Greg yeah. Bear, B-A-E-R. And I'm reading it again right now because it's so good. I have highlighted pieces and I'm I'm actually taking notes out of it and putting it in my phone because they're so powerful. But he talks about how through our relationships, we develop these, what he calls getting and protecting behaviors. And they're identical in many ways because there's lying attacking being uh, a victim yeah, absolutely and and then the getting you're clinging that's a that's the fourth characteristic you're clinging to the person or 
you know, and the other right. one, you're, you're, you're running, uh, protecting behaviors. Like you right. said, you're avoiding them. You're running, you're getting out, trying to get out. That's why there's a lot of times there's so much divorce and so forth. But, right. but he talks about how the problem is, is that we expect the other person to fulfill our needs, to meet our expectations, to, mm -hmm. to, and we look for this, we're seeking this, these getting and protecting behaviors, this, un this conditional love. And mm -hmm. the problem is, is it does not work. It never, never works. fulfills us. Right. right? Anyway, so it, I'm really well, enjoying great. it. And I highly recommend it's, it. It's different yeah. language, but it's the same concept. Hundred percent. Well, I invite your, you know, I invite your listeners and re watchers to to uh, consider their own development, childhood development, and how, how how that went, and that 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 leads us into why what emotional intelligence is. So you mentioned to fight and avoid flight. Yeah. No. Yeah. Fight or Another flight. One right. You mentioned is is control. Try to kids you're going to be a control freak because mm -hmm. the outside world isn't working, so it's got to work this way, and you want it to be this way. You know, mm -hmm. another one is manipulate that's when kids start lying because right. when a kid comes in, it needs everything. And if the parents don't know how to meet those needs in a healthy way and then teach the kids to meet their own emotional needs, right? Right. The kids fall back on these patterns of human behavior that are actually being modeled for them by the parents, right? So, so, so before we go into EEI too much in too much detail, let's get back to your kind of your upbringing. Were you into sports? Were you into debate? I mean, what did you do as a child that kind of led oh, you towards the into, professional as a child, path? I was into uh, stickball, handball, and reading. <laughs> nice. I, then, I played. You know, I played I soccer. Old, I got a little bit older, like ten. Like I started getting into girls, twelve. <laughs> I I played soccer, basketball, and I read a lot as well. I was a big reader as a child. But, um, you know, we in fact we played the only baseball we ever played. It just wasn't a big thing in my neighborhood, but we played baseball with tennis rackets and golf balls. And you'd stand out in the field about a mile with a coffee can uh -huh. trying to catch the golf ball without getting knocked out. Right? Uh -huh. <laughs> that was the extent of our uh, stickball or baseball uh -huh. back in the day. But so anyway, so you uh, you were a bit of an athlete, sounds like you liked some sports, you like you enjoyed reading. Mm -hmm. Did you have any did you have a favorite author or favorite book series as a child? Uh, I read the Hardy Boys when I was very young, but I got into adult reading pretty early. Um, uh, there was a book called uh, A Stone for Danny Fisher, hmm. which I read very young. And then I got into, okay, wow, this is a, the dangerous, crazier world out there. And and my father used to get Esquire magazine um, when it was a literary achievement, you know, and he was a good reader himself. And I, uh, I guess they had softcore girly pictures in it, but I wasn't into. I, I I actually got started reading Esquire very young, and that made me a, a very interested in writing and literature because I was reading stuff that was like just totally brilliant. People like Norman Mailer and yeah, um, and my young white brain couldn't understand it everything, but it wanted to. 
So I became I became very interested in really good writing that pounded people. So then I thought I want to be a writer. Interesting. Yeah. So did you go to uh, go to school somewhere? Did you end up going I, I, to college? I studied English and history in, in, in college. I went to Queens College. I was an English uh, I mean, major myself. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, and then I became a journalist. Actually, if if I if I hadn't um, gotten married young and had a kid when just just what just when i turned 20 i got married at 19. um uh you know i would have on my own i might have tried to be a novelist but i actually there was a there was a, a uh, one of those really great literary writers as a columnist at the new york post in new york a guy named murray Kemp, murray kempter and um I was fascinated with his ability to string amazing sentences together and yet give you an insight into things that were going on in the world. In those days, it was the, uh, the civil rights movement in particular, but just a lot of stuff. The adult world and the political world expressed in ways I could see the larger picture and feel the emotionality behind it and see, oh, man, you know. So then I thought, OK, I want to be Murray Kempton. So I, that's great. I, I strove to get a, a job at his paper, at his newspaper. My cousin worked there. Um, he uh, couldn't get me a job, and God arranged for me to have that job by having by walking past the office, an employment office as I was graduating. I just kind of ignored it, and I got a not feeling I should go back. I went back. Long story short. This employment office called me, said there's a job open at the New York Post. Do you want to go apply? I went I went and applied. There were 25 other people applying from places like school, uh, Columbia Journalism. I got mm -hmm. the job, and that started my career. That's I was meant wonderful. to have it so that I became a kind of young star at the, at the Post. Yeah. New York Post, that's a big, uh, that's a big organization. Yeah. It's no small, it's, it's no small yeah. feat. Yeah. No, well, it was no small feat, and I got to meet Murray Kempton. <laughs> what was it like meeting one of your heroes and actually getting to work with him? That was, I was intimidated. Extraordinary. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to hope, hope he would befriend me, and to some degree he did, you know, but he was a very internal kind of mental guy. Uh huh. And, you know, so our, our exchanges was, were nice, but. He wasn't mentoring me. I was on my own. <laughs> gotcha. They were fleeting but impactful, I would assume. I, yeah. But what brought me into this field was um, I understood very early on, I just had this sense very early on from my parents and my own reading, stuff like that, that dysfunctionality in the world um, is... Um, uh, because of a lack of learning how to do it differently. I agree. So um, once I once I established myself and it took about a, couple, a year or two as a, somebody they really trusted and wanted to see me do more, I got I, I got them to uh, let me do a series on modern therapy techniques being used in drug treatment. Really? Wow. So, uh, so I sat in sessions for six months. I got to know some of the addicts, um, I, and I saw them change. Right. 
So, um, so it affirmed for me something that became just a kind of, kind of lifelong th- thought, which is uh, almost all human dysfunctionality, right up to the nuclear weapons pointed at our heads as a, mo- as a model, wars, crime, is because we're really maltrained. We're really trained not to get along with each other well. We're really not trained well to deal with the stuff that comes in, our anger, our frustration, our sense of I got to get my needs met, you know, screw, screw yours. Yeah. Uh, etc. Um, so the um, so it just became a kind of inner motto that uh, human dysfunctionality, pain, personal and collective, is a lack of skills, not a lack of character. So I took a lot of workshops and a lot. And ultimately, later years later, I took a master's degree program in spiritual psychology. So, and when I started the, the weekly. Um, by the time I started the weekly, I'd been writing about this stuff. It was just one of the areas I wrote about. Um, and so we, we were the first urban weekly to really cover the human development movement with both cover stories and we had a columnist on it. And mm. um, it was just one of the areas I thought, if the world's going to change, the world's an effect of how we're, cha- we're trained to deal with it. Right? If we're trained badly, we're going to have wars, we're going to have Ukraine, we're going to have Gaza, so we don't know how to get along with each other in healthy ways. Uh, and uh, if we're about better trained to get along, manage our inner lives and our own sense of like worth, inner worth organically, so we're not trying to force it from other out of others, um, we are social animals. And if we're well trained to be those good social animals, it's going to make a world of difference. And then, so that was a journalistic theme of mine. And then, you know, set eight, eight, nine, ten years, eight, nine years ago, something like that. If a friend of mine, no, who, close friend of mine, calls me up and says, "Hey, but by the way, I think you should go to a school up in Chatsworth and check it out. My sister's on the board." Uh, they're doing something there called social emotional learning. It's really training kids in the ways you think about, you know, all the courses you've taken, et cetera, for adults, uh, conflict resolution skills, et cetera. And you're going to see something really amazing about those kids. And I, so I said, sure. I went and I was blown away. The kids, how the kids solve conflicts like that, how smart they were that once they put these programs in, how they trained the whole staff and how to talk this languaging, really changing the language of instructiveness. And and, um, the the kids were just brilliant. They were happy. They got along fantastically. If something came up, they were trained to solve it like that. Um, They were loving. And they were open, they, you know, they were challenging the educators because they could learn so fast. They were really present for it. They wanted to learn. So the, edu- the teaching processes had to change, much more group, group learning, um, um, project management learning. So, so Jay, that I, yeah. Jay, I'm going to cut you off. I apologize. We're up against our first break. Oh, okay. I, I want to continue when we come back. Um, because we're getting into the meat of this, okay, this great interview. This is uh, uh, hold that thought because I don't don't forget where we were. Because uh, we'll be right back if you're listening. Um, this is uh, this is amazing stuff. So mm-hmm. don't go away. We'll be okay. right back. 
follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888 684 3122 to learn more today. That's 888 684 3122. Visit us on the web at certaintyteam.com. That's certainty, T E A M, like Mary.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back to Finding Certainty. I abruptly cut Jay off a couple of minutes ago before we went to break. I apologize, Jay. But we uh, uh, we were just getting into the examples and the and these, these kids you saw mm-hmm. that had learned and were learning these skills, these emotional intelligence skills, and what? A difference it made in their lives. In fact, if you go to your Instagram channel or your your Instagram or your um, your website, you see examples and testimonials, right, from kids who have who have learned these lessons, and it's pretty extraordinary what a difference it makes. Mm-hmm. Right? I, while we were on break, I was sharing an example with with Jay of a lesson I learned. Uh, you, you go to the YouTube channel and watch it if you'd like to hear it. I won't repeat it here just for time's sake. But but it was basically an example of two identical scenarios where one employee chose to view it one way and another another way, and the one was depressed and discouraged, and the other was invigorated and recharged. And the example, the scenarios were exactly the same. It was mm-hmm. just how they chose to see it. And that's a big piece of emotional intelligence right so before we go too too much further though into the topic and into your foundation now and what you're doing were there lessons you talk about working with the 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 drug addicts and Mm -hmm. were there were there any other lessons do you think that 
that prompted you or I don't know, launched you into this, this um, role that you now play. I mean, you went on to, you're the founder, right? Of yeah. LA weekly. You started LA weekly, you built it into an extraordinary success story. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure through that you had ex- additional additional confirmations and additional reminders and insights that continue to build this understanding. Is that, is that safe to say? Well, uh, I mean, there are many ways that I built additional understanding, as you would call it. Uh, One was being a journalist, seeing the world as it really is, seeing the corruption in the world, seeing the nature of our politics, um, Mm -hmm. Uh, before it gets glossed over, is that what you're saying? <laughs> before it gets uh... before it gets glossed over, really, <laughs> right. really seeing the underlying nature of um, uh, self advancement, often self advancement against the interests of other people. Mm-hmm. Right, so, seriously, again. So you know, part of journalism is meant to cover that. I was known by nature an alternative journalist, which means to me. I want to cover those things that needed to be shown to the world because it needs to be fixed. And I want to show equally, even maybe even more so, I want to show the potential fixes. That's great. And, you know, the human development movement looked to me to be one of those, even when it was called the self-help movement, one of those fixes. Absolutely. Learning to be in the world in a different set of paradigms than historically you've been in the world. Right. With the excesses that that of ego, because we still have our ego, you know, malaligned ego structures. But uh, so, you know, I was involved in a number of uh, uh, investigations and causes. One of one of our major issues was, I spot, you know, I sense right away that the uh, the when I got to LA, the smog was so bad here. I sense there was a sense of corruption behind it. So I put a team together to investigate, and sure enough, we had, we ended up doing uh, forty article series um, uh, and two issues that got the state legislature fired the people running it and, and changed the, the air quality management laws for the entire California. Really? So wow. yeah. So I mean, so there was plenty of, and then you know the racism, the poverty. Um, 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 the influx of immigrants coming from Central America at the time, at the time, it's still coming in because of our backing of corrupt, corrupt oligarchs down there. So the the, the murderous lack of op- lack, murderous and lack of opportunity for people down there that have decent lives. Um, so that's the you know the dark side made me think more about what's the light side. So uh, that was very much an instigator. Where's the, where's the, so what happened when I went to those schools is, uh, you know, aside from covering the movement, I thought I just had the realization if we could get this in every school in America, right? And every school in the world, we're gonna, that's the change the world needs. P- kids just basic humanity, knowing how to be with each other in healthy cooperative ways and the benefits from that. Oh, isn't it interesting, Jay, how when you have principles that work, right, Mm -hmm. it's not just in school, it's in a family, it's in 
between lovers. It's between friends. It's and to your, to your point earlier, could literally work between governments and countries if they learn those lessons. One of my another one of my yeah. favorite favorite books is a book called Crucial Conversations by Joseph Granny and um, Harry Patterson was his name, and they talk about teaching. The, you know the UN and others how to have these crucial conversations right which are right. really emo emotionally intelligent conversations right mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean the core need of dysfunctional historic educations is I gotta either get along with the powers that be even though you know the game that is so I can survive survival mechanisms. Uh, and if I become too much of a rebel, they'll kill me, or I'll become I'll become the king, and I'll have I'll have all the power. Um, it's it's I mean I could go into I do go into it on my, on my I'll, I'll give you a link to my lectures about this, but the the core of it is um, we simply do not know how to manage our own feelings of isolation and needs. In, in completely healthy ways. And we need to learn that before we blow ourselves up. You know, I mean, we sit here with nuclear weapons pointed at our head and technology, the eye and the other technology. And if they misreport something, we might have an accidental nuclear war. Um, and at the same time, you got crazy people in the world who are like, you never know when one's just gonna go over the edge. Right. So that's that's the end product of just basic training and getting feeling good about yourself in healthy ways, not about me over you and I got something that you don't have ways. Well, I I mentioned uh, the relationship book I, I mentioned earlier, Real yeah. Love, and he teaches. He says we really have four different responses in any scenario. Okay, we mm -hmm. can try to change the other person. We can live with it and like it, live with it and hate it, or leave. Those are really the four options. Right. Most of us spend all of our time trying to change the other one and not realizing that it never works. They're never going to change. Now, we can live, learn to live with it and like it, and that comes down to us viewing it differently, choosing how to view it. Mm -hmm. We can live with it and hate it, which isn't a great option because we're just miserable. Or we can leave, and that's what a lot of people do, especially with well, marriage. Well, there really is a fifth option. Everybody, go go get mutual uh, nonviolent communication training and find a great a great therapist. You know, exactly, which, and, right. that's, and that's 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 the Who point. Will I train was... you in the skills to know how to get along. Right, and that's the that's the fifth point I was going to make is that he teaches. He says. He teaches in this book. I highly recommend it. Now you should read it and incorporate it or share it with your people, uh, your students, etc. But he says you have to learn how to focus on the other person's needs mm -hmm. with unconditional love or unconditional service and how to make healthy requests. Mm -hmm. Those aren't expectations. Those aren't trying to change someone. They're not demanding. It's not anger, etc. It's a healthy request. You still have to make requests of each other, but you do it in a way that's respectful and uplifting right. and in, in an emotionally intelligent way. So do you mind if, just for our listening audience, do you mind just defining emotional intelligence for the for the listeners? Anyone who doesn't quite understand right. what that means. 
Well, in the in the academic sense, emotional intelligence is one of a variety of intelligence we have. We have a creative intelligence there, and it's basically be able to um, initially. It's just basically be able to understand uh, where you're coming from and where the other person's coming from without kind of judgment. But it's become much more than that. It's become a kind of umbrella term for the entire skill set of knowing how to manage your inner life in a healthy way, manage your own feelings in a healthy way, and manage your all your communications and your relationships with others in a way. So what you just shared was just a little piece of that. Right? It was. About being respectful to other understanding. You know, seek first to understand and then be understood. It's one of the models. <laughs> But it's one thing as a concept. It's another thing as a real training, right? I can tell you to do this, and you're not trained to do this <laughs> unless you're given a program to learn how to do this. So you can change your behavior and thought patterns day by day. What happens with the kids in the schools is they're given a program, and they're practicing it with each other nonstop about how to do it. So at these very young brains, before they're totally into me against you thinking, or I got to be one out or feeling bad, you know, um, about themselves, but putting on a face or trying to seek approval from the other kids because they're not getting it and therefore wondering how they're really, who they are in the world and I got to prove myself or I got to disappear and hide, all those, all those basic um, non-emotional -edu non educated ways of being so it's mm -hmm. become it's become a like umbrella term for the social skills and the inner master skills summed up as in a sort in, in a popular way a bit with mm -hmm. as emotional intelligence yeah well you you mentioned a really important word i think um earlier you talked about the educational aspect how how can you ever do it if you don't learn it if someone doesn't teach it to you and right. they don't well, just my, teach my it to you too, right yeah i mean they, as you said you know you you have to learn the skills you have to have someone who helps model it for you and coaches you and you have to practice because it doesn't come naturally we have these getting and protecting behaviors that we've been doing that have been great you know have crammed into us from our childhood in many cases or our upbringing we've been traumatized we've learned these protective behaviors and so forth right. we have to unlearn and relearn new right. techniques right. and then just as the kids in the schools are doing they have to practice it until it becomes rote until right. it becomes habit right. but you you mentioned the word managed right we have to learn to manage our emotions rather than let them be managed mm -hmm. So often we feel like, you know, she made me mad. <laughs> he, exactly. hurt, he hurt my feelings or she insulted me or offended me. And it, it's so important that we learn that we are in control. We have the ability and the necessity to choose our outcome. We, yeah, we do have that. Our response. But our brain has been already ready trained in its neural base. So those ha those things you're doing are really just your neural net responding. That's right, subconscious. Right? There's, there's there's one key thing. <coughs> excuse me. There's one thing key thing that's really crucial to to the development process of, of all of us and and to children. Children don't come in judging each other. They come in react mostly wanting to be loving to each other and play. You know, human beings want to play together and love each other. 
Um, uh, but the the lack of training means that they'll be acting out around other kids as well. By the time a kid, the matrix we're born in is judgment, right? Parents are saying, you're not good enough here, or baby pad there, this kid's not good enough, this person's not good enough. And that's the matrix we're living in, right? Our politics are totally the ab- abject, abject um, example of that, how we, how we deal politically, right? Right. Um, so it's me against you, I'm right, you're wrong, et cetera. But by the time a kid is five, all of us have developed a sense of, am I good enough? Right? Mm-hmm. So we've developed an inner critic looking at us. Kids do not come in with an inner critic. Most of all adults walk around with an inner critic. Sometimes they over-exaggerate who they are and they just blow off the inner criticism and they're just egomaniacs. But often enough, well, I'm not good enough there. I'm not good enough there. I'm not good enough there. That itself is the crippling need to make yourself better or possibly put yourself over another person. And it's almost inescapable in this world to not have an inner critic that also looks at others. So in the spiritual sense, when Christ says, judge not lest you be judged, means don't that whole system of judgment is keeping you from who you what you really know to the higher parts of your brain to the most creative to get you in line with what your you know what your your would be your optimal well, way of being in the world. What you're capable of, so, your potential. So I, I look, you know, the, the the movement we support is called the emotional intelligence movement. We support is called the educators called social emotional learning. A boring, brain-deadening term. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't have chosen it, but it was created by academics <laughs> um, and child psychologists. Um, um, but the truth is, if you get the young brain early enough, before it's so matriculated into this way of being, before you build up literally billions and billions, if not trillions of ways of behavior that are automatic in your brain neural net. Mm-hmm. So you're free for your higher consciousness to function and lead you. Um, you get the world we have. You, you get what's happening in the world right now that's painful to everybody. That's a, a really good point. And it's a good spot for us to go to our last break. Um, okay. When we come back, let's dig into SEL a little bit because while the name may not be very exciting, the topic is powerful, mm-hmm. right? If you if you can unpack it and understand it and implement it in your life mm-hmm. and in your children's life, I think you're, what you're doing, Jay, is not just changing lives today, but there are generational results. So my total goal: change a generation. The end game, you know, get a generation, it'll take down the nuclear weapons and stop all the, all the crazy me against you stuff happening in the world That's, and absolutely. in our personal lives. Absolutely. Divorce, you know, the divorce rates off the charts. Yeah. Well, we're uh, we're visiting with Jay Levin. It's the, um, what is your official title at Equip Our Kids? President of Equip Our Kids. That's equip, O-U-R, kids.org. Yeah. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about SEL and a lot about Equip Our Kids. Don't go away. We'll be back in just another minute.
Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888 684 3122 to learn more today. That's 888 684 3122. Visit us on the web at certaintyteam.com. That's certainty, T E A M, like Mary.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty. T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back to Finding Certainty. Having a great conversation with Jay Levin. He's the former founder and owner of LA Weekly, one of the largest urban newspapers, not newspapers, yeah, urban newspaper or uh, yeah, uh, weekly. Urban, urban it, weeklies, we call it. Yeah. Is it Urban Weekly? It was the largest in the in the country. And uh, how long did you did you do LA Weekly for, Jay? I was involved with it for seventeen years before I sold it. Yeah. All right. And now he is the president of EquipOurKids.org, which is a a nonprofit that's focused on helping our youth. Our children learn emotional intelligence. Now, you and I first were introduced to each other because I, with my company, we help nonprofits raise funding. And we were talking about how we could help you raise some uh, funding for your organization because this is a this is a program in a and a and a, a movement, if you will, that I'm very passionate about. And I, those are the kinds of projects we like getting behind because if you know the more funding you have, the more you good you can do, the more resources you have the greater your reach can be, et cetera, et cetera. But what's interesting to me is that we're never done learning it, are we? I mean, you're a little bit older than me, not much, maybe. I'm I'm turning 55 literally this Sunday. I'm, I'm uh, getting on in years myself, but I, but I still struggle to learn and apply these principles. I've made the effort to, to gain the education and gain the insights and so forth, and yet it's 
it takes a while for it to become muscle memory, doesn't it? It, it sure does. You know, uh, I'm still learning. I'm not, you know, I've got, I've healed, healed some of my negative patterns, but not all of them. Um, yeah. You know, the neural net is a real thing. The neuroscience about this work is phenomenal in support of it, you know, because when you understand the brain and how much the patterning takes over for us, mm -hmm. then it becomes very simple to say, okay, I owe myself to re a, a repatterning. Where do I find it? You know, this isn't working for me. This is maybe I'm just, maybe it's not that I'm a bad guy. Maybe I'm just maltrained. They gave me a bit, the right. world gave me a bad education. I'm going to go get myself a good education. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a combination, I think, of a desire to change, uh, having faith that you're able to, gaining the understanding of how to do it. Mm -hmm. If you can have mentorship and coaching and support right. network, even better, right? That's the language you choose to, to use. I mean, just last week we had uh, Eric Sender on our show. I know as a good friend of yours, I understand you're editing his his book. That's oh, I edited, I edited it's, I did. I edited his uh, Quotes Caffeine book for him. There you go. Yeah. yeah, one of the most interesting people I've had on my show, I've got to say. He was amazing. Absolutely brilliant, wonderful human being. Yeah. But he talked about how how important the language we use is and we got into the whole quantum mechanics and everything mm -hmm. and the the fact that the language we use has power what we how we talk about things how we address them even how we think about them right mm -hmm. they have they have even a magnetic quality and they attract into our lives more of those mm -hmm. those connections and those relationships and so forth so so let's talk briefly about quiparkids.org uh, what is it that you do as an organization and where do you see it going? Okay. So uh, once I, once I said, made a commitment to, to look into the field of, of it, of where this, mm -hmm. this training came from, the Chatsworth and other schools I'd gone to. So I started talking to the leadership, <laughs> reading everything about it. And uh, it was it was a process developed many many years ago um, by uh, child psychologists and educa educators and academics um, uh, um, looking at the best post Freudian training techniques and stuff that comes down through education. But it was a conversation only among educators. So at that point, there was only five percent of schools really had it. Five percent of school, ten percent maybe. Really? Wow. And it was like creeping along. And I got so enthusiastic about it. I said, I'm not, I'm going to, I don't want to do another media company. I was actually had been publishing one and I, I said, it's not interesting enough. And I, so I thought what this, what they need is something I can deliver, which is a not, uh, 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 public awareness and buy-in. Mm -hmm. um, so I started social, I started to equip our kids as a uh, nonprofit, totally pro bono, marketing, branding, and advertising agency for a movement that had none, and even with all the program providers in it, had no business association. Mm. So the first thing I, I started that, and we, we very quickly figured out through test Facebook and Google ads, that what I already suspect is social emotional learning was a dead term, went nowhere. But if you talk to parents, particularly about 
emotional intelligence and linked it to the life skills that they wanted their kids to have and develop, it was clickbait. So then I started spreading it to the spreading this information and making media for the organizations out there. Particularly, there was a number of state, a few states that had developed those state alliances mm-hmm. where the educators got together to lobby for it in their states. Um, educators knew it. So I got my, I started feeding them media. And I also had them train me because there was no, not one in California. So I start, I got a group of people in the room and I said, here's a model of what's happening. And like I use Massachusetts and pipe these guys in. And out of that meeting, we founded the California Social Emotional Learning Alliance as a separate entity from Equip Our Kids. And uh, it now has 40,500 educators making a huge difference in the state, lobbying, getting it into districts and money out of the state for it. Uh, That's fantastic. Fantastic executive director who I found a couple of years into it, and named Amy Cranston, who's done a brilliant job. Uh, And so so we feed them media, we feed the state alliances media. Um, When COVID happened, we stepped up out of like encouraging parents to go to the schools. We created an emotional health toolkit on the site, curated it from the best stuff out there for parents. And uh, now that it's happening more, coming in more in the schools and more principals saying we need to get parents doing the same things at home, we're la- our next big step is we're launching a streaming TV channel uh, with the ways pa- teaching parents how to talk to the kids in this languaging and a lot of videos for the kids to learn it, learn how to relate to their own lives and other kids on their own. So that's our, one of our big adventures at the moment. We've got a few others. Now, are you creating your own channel or are you partnering up with someone like? Um, well, we're going to partner up with Dr. James we, Dentley, JD3 or something like that. Do you know Dr. Dentley? Who? Ja- Sir, Sir oh, yeah, Dr. Jane, yeah, James yeah, Dentley. Yeah. Uh, yes, I know James well. Um, yeah, he, his streaming channel, yeah, J- JD3, I thought could yeah. be a, a Well, we're going to do it. On, we'll obviously do it on YouTube. We'll put, we'll, we'll put the, the material on our own website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a company. It's called Traverse. It's, it's the two or three others we're talking to. But we haven't gone out there yet to see who. Uh, who we, we want multi-carriers because not every carrier reaches everybody. So wherever we can get carriage. We also want to break it down into one-hour programs and see if we can get local TV stations to carry it. Carry it. Wonderful. Re-educate parents and, you know, the best practices at home so that uh, if if their schools are not having it, they'll say, I want you to get this to my kids. And if their schools do have it, they'll replicate the ways of being with the kids at home. Well, I I love your your vision of creating generational change, uh-huh. even to the point that eventually the nuclear race, the nukes come down, right? right. Um, we're, we're approaching the end of the show. Okay. Is, is there one or two things you could share as a, a parent listening or a couple who wants to do better at this or a teacher? What are one or two things people can do to help? To help us? Either to help, well, do they, it in their own, do it in their own lives, first or, get, or first help get you yourself in your informed. 
go to our website. It will also lead you to other websites, including the, the other organizations. Uh, uh, our website, again, is E-Q-U-I-P, the word equip, uh, the word our, O-R-U-R, kids, and it's a dot org, which means it's a nonprofit. Right. There's also C-A-S-E-L.org, which is the mothership of the movement, and they have a lot of stuff there. Right. It's mostly for educators, but there's good stuff for parents, too. And once you start looking around at this, um, you know, talk to your schools and see what what they're doing and how they're doing it. And is it comprehensive? And if they only have one little program of like morning meeting, say, okay, how about the, what's the next step in the next, because the curriculum is a lot of trainings. It's not one training. It's like right. awareness training. It's like emotional management training. It's like nonviolent communication. It's like successful getting your work done. It's like learning how to be, stay in your own human power rather than give it up to others. Um, so, um, Ultimately, ultimately, Jay, and I'm afraid we're okay. a, a minute left here, but ultimately what you need, correct me if I'm wrong, you said people need awareness, right? This is not going to happen with one organization or one man, right. even one passionate group who really believes in that. We need a grassroots movement involving sure. parents and students and, and policymakers across the country and around the world right, right. so you might, be, you might be lighting the flame but you've got to have others that are stoking those embers and fanning the flames right well we offer options for parents to be able to get engaged yeah well that's my point is they can go to your site equiparkids.org and learn how to get more involved and how to how to uh, implement those changes and spearhead those movements in their, in their own schools, in their own communities, and ultimately in their Absolutely. own Absolutely. As they have a few extra bucks, they can throw it away. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we have been visiting with Jay Levin. It's been a true pleasure having you on the show, Jay. I'm a big fan of everything you're doing. Um, if we can help in any way, let's continue the conversation about fundraising. There's definitely some ways that I can help you raise. Oh, that's really un unlimited funding if you want it. We we've got I, some. I, unlimited funding is my my uh, part at the end of the rainbow. I right, get unlimited funding. We'll get this moving really fast into the schools in healthy ways. Yeah. We can do it. Let's meet again, and we'll continue the conversation. I know you have another show right after this one, so. We'll cut it short, but thanks for being on Finding Certainty today. Thanks for listening. If you are, we appreciate your interest and your patronage. I'm sure you gained as much as I have from today's conversation with a true servant leader in our community. And thank you, Jay, for everything you're doing. And thanks for being on the show. Thanks really for the opportunity it. to share with your audience, Patrick. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Our pleasure. I'll get you the link in the, in the YouTube. We can put it on your out on your social media if you'd like and uh, anything we can do to assist we would be honored right. bye everybody see you later yeah, have a great bye weekend fantastic. thanks for tuning into today's episode of finding certainty we hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. 
Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that you do.